So I, I started. I, I started my list this past week. I was in a in a meeting, um, in a conversation, a meeting with somebody, and it was interesting because the guy the, in this meeting it was a challenging. Um, rather than New Year's resolutions, or rather than like all these other things that really don't last, one of the things that he said is, "I like to grab a word that drives my year. I'll pick one word that will help me." have an attitude or something that will drive my year, that will remind me or whatever. And, he, and, and then he'll write it out somewhere and, it, and it'll remind him of the attitude or the, the, the thing that he wants to hold on to. And it was interesting because I was really struggling uh, with, with the message for this morning because I, I wanted to celebrate all that God had done. But like, what, where, where do we go? Do I go back to something I've already done or whatever? And so he said this word and it, and it hit me like a ton of bricks and he just said one word. You ready for it? gratitude. And I started writing down, the, I started writing, he goes, so we took two, I get, he, we were given two minutes because he's a lot more gracious than I am. And he, so he gave us two minutes and we just started writing as many things as we could write down uh, to be grateful for. And at the end, you, know, you could share, you could do whatever. And one of the things that I, I that, that was stuck with me is I was sitting there and I started just writing like very vague things and you know it's very easy to write like my wife or my kids or my family or you start going down you start writing these vague things. Then at the end he said okay here's what I want you to do I want you to be specific. I want you to be very specific about things that you're grateful for. So if, if you wrote like your wife down write what are you specific for. If you wrote something else down be specific in what you're grateful for. And here's what I noticed. Ready? When you get specific and you start remembering the things that you're grateful for, God starts to change your heart. Even in a secular setting where this took place, he started to change my heart and my outlook towards things. And I'll share some of my, my things with you today. Ready? I'm grateful for a trip to Idaho in which Mark McConnell almost dropped dead on me. Where's Mark McConnell? Is he over in the kids area? Mark, I missed him. Uh, it is, I'm sorry. I'm grateful for a trip to Idaho where I almost killed my buddy Mark McConnell in which I was able to get to know Mark more on a personal level, but God planted the vision of Light Point Church. Um, I'm grateful for the song, that uh, Good, Good Father, which we sang because in that Thursday night service, where God really got a hold of my heart and changed me and said, I have something for you. It was during that song. And it was a reminder of how good he is. I'm grateful for uh, all the hurt and the criticism that I have received in close to 14 years of ministry that have made me who I am today and have made me the pastor I am today. I'm grateful for a wife who sticks by me, who is even willing to sit next to me in a service, <laughs> who speaks truth into my life, but forgives me even when she doesn't want to, who loves and supports me, and who will deal with my late night nights out, meeting with people. I'm grateful for my kids who every time, most of the time we drive by the school, they're like, there's our church, Daddy. I'm grateful for Joshy, 
who sang a song on the first time we met in my house about how great Light Point Church was. <laughs> I'm grateful for each person here that has joined us on this journey and who forgives me and shows me grace when I don't get things right all the time. I'm grateful for a group of men who tell me when it's not the right time to ask for permission, but some, or not the right time to ask for forgiveness, but ask for permission, even though I don't want to. As you notice, we don't have a baptism over here, and that's because I was told we should ask for permission. <laughs> I'm grateful for people that have come into Light Point and at some point have even left Light Point. I'm grateful for people who continue to just do whatever. On Sunday mornings to come in, whether it's set up, whether it's tear down, whether it's to greet, whether it's whatever it is, I am grateful for people who have joined us today. So thank you. Do you know what happens when we start thinking through why we're grateful? Do you know what happens to our mind and, and what happens up in our brain that, that leads down to our heart when we are start to be grateful. Here's the thing that, ready, you have one person in your life that drives you nuts the most, right? Don't look at them. <laughs> Don't look at them. You have, you, have, you have that one person in your life that drives you the nuts the most, that pushes your buttons, that, that tests you, that whatever, and if you want to know who that is in my life, um, it is my heir, my, my namesake, and he can do it like no other. Do you know what happens when I start being grateful for him? My whole attitude cha changes towards him. What happens is if rather than started being bitter about life and all the things that happen, if we change our attitude to one of gratitude and watch what God does. We had a couple people, I, I, simply, I just I reached out to a couple people, and uh, even last week I asked um, some people to say, hey, I'd just love for you guys to sit and think about what Light Point means to you. Um, and a couple people responded and, and, and shared something, so I'm going to share them with you today. It's this. Until recently, our family had a hard time finding a church home. We tried several different churches to see if they were a good fit. But no place met those needs we were looking for. By God's design, we were led to Light Point Church over the summer. From day one, we never felt like we were just faces in the crowd. We were gre greeted by smiling faces of genuine people who wanted to get to know our names and made an effort not to forget them. We have found a church where God meets us where we are and engages us consistently. The weekly messages and worship music were exactly what our God-seeking hearts desired and needed week to week to focus on him. As a family, LightPoint has also helped pull us out of our comfort zones by serving at church and participating in Bible studies and life groups, which allows us to build authentic Christ-centered relationships. We are grateful for our daughters have a place to go to hear and about God at their level of understanding. Within LightPoint Kids, they are developing friendships with peers who have the same core belief system that we pray will be valuable as they grow up in today's unpredictable world. In the past, going to church felt like a weekly obligation. LightPoint has never felt that like that for us. 
We look forward to Sunday mornings and find ourselves missing the people during the week. Thank goodness for weekly Bible studies and life group. The unity of the church and the focus to live and love like Christ is what makes us excited to come every Sunday, participate in events, live life with others in the church, and to grow our faith in ways that we haven't allowed God to do in quite a while. We are excited to see how God is going to continue to meet us at Light Point and lead us within his kingdom. Sincerely, Chad and Kate. Second one. We found Light Point Church when there was no Light Point Church. Kind of hard, isn't it? For a little while, for a little over a year, my family was in between churches and looking for a new church home. Chad and Julie reached out to my family while we were stuck in between churches with no real direction for what to do next. Chad and I started having breakfast together, sharing his dreams of what a strong church looks like and what good church leadership looks like. I remember both of us using the word real a lot. We kept telling each other we have to be real, really honest, really compassionate, really patient, and really willing to take the faith steps that we're called to. Did y'all hear that one? Really willing to take the faith steps that we were called to. Well, real arrived for both of us much faster than either of us were dreaming, and the freshest diner. If you don't know, my favorite place to eat is Frisch's breakfast. Number one, over easy English muffin. Getta. While Chad, while Chad walked out his face steps and started a new church, Light Point Church, my wife Kim and I wrestled with what the Lord had put on our hearts years ago and decided to take our own face steps and moved my younger handicapped sister in with us for a period of time. When I explained to Chad what Kim and I were undertaking, he listened. I cried and he gave me a big hug. Well, I was emotional knowing the task of my wife and I were undertaking. Chad and Julie checked in often during this transition. We've also had the support of our youth group leaders and life groups all along the way. At Light Point Church, we know that we can take all our concerns regarding family work and everyday life issues to our prayer team, and to our life groups. What we found at Light Point Church is that we are not alone in our struggles, and we are always covered in prayer. What my family has gained from having the support of Light Point Church is a strengthening of our faith, the courage and the faith to walk alongside others who are hurting, a calling to step up and help in the kids' ministry, host the youth group, and participate in life groups. God is truly at work here. We've become stronger Christians and better connected with other believers who are there to support us during the good times and bad. I can't sum up Light Point Church in a paragraph or even a page and really do it justice. The church body has done so much for my family, and I know the future for both the church and its members is bright and aligned with God's calling for them. Who wouldn't want to be a part of this? Thanks, Chad and Julie and all of the church staff and volunteers that make testimonies like ours just a small example of what Light Point Church is doing in its community. Shining a light into a dark and hurting world. Sincerely, Chad and Kim Lynn. When you sit there and you start thinking about everything God's done in your life, 
And everything that he's accomplished and everything that he's worked through, whether it's the difficult stuff, whether it's the hard stuff, whether it's uh, the good stuff, and, and, and all of it, as you see him working, what does it look like for you to develop an attitude of gratitude? Go with me to Colossians 3. In Colossians 3, it, it, it's, it starts out this idea, this, this, this uh, challenge to put on a new self. But as you read through it and as you get to 15 and 17, it's interesting what happens. Because in this, it, it begins something that's very interesting. And it, it says this in uh, chapter 3, 15 through 17, it says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you are indeed called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with, what? Thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or, or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving what? Thanks through him to God the Father. As I look at 2019 and I look at everything that I'm praying over and everything that I want to see God do, the one thing that my biggest prayer is this, is that God would start to ingrain in our hearts a heart of gratitude. That we will be grateful for every bump in the road, that we will be grateful for every no, for every yes, for every, everything that comes our way, every discomfort, everything that comes. We would simply be grateful for what God is going to do. That, he, that, he, that we don't just sit there and come back to the good things in life and say, I'm thankful for those. But what does it look like to be grateful for that time when somebody walked out of your life and to sit back and say, you know what? I'm grateful for the time that I had with them. Or better yet, what does it look like for us just to be grateful for, for those things that, that we weren't expecting and say, God, I don't understand why this is happening, but I am grateful that you're working in this and I'm going to trust it. What does that look like? And my prayer for us, my prayer for everything in this year is that we would be grateful. That we, we would take on this attitude of being thankful. And so here's my question for us today is this. Because here's what I believe, that when we do not, we do not have a grateful heart and we are not, not thankful for what God has called us to, when we're not living in that, that mindset, in that place of our, our spiritual journey, then something else sets in. And do you know what that something else is? It's called bitterness. And what happens is, is we start becoming bitter for everything that we don't like and everything that has happened to us that we're not fond of. And we start being bitter and see what happens is this bitterness comes up out of us and it starts to overwhelm us and it starts to, and here's what it does, it starts to blur how we see what God is doing. It starts to blur how we see or even how we respond to what God is doing. And I think that's the most important thing is how it, it blurs how we respond. It makes it complicated how we respond to him because I can see it a certain way, but the reality of it is it comes down to my response to it. 
It comes down to how I'm going to respond to that difficult moment, that difficult situation, that difficult trial. How will I respond to it? Will I respond to it with more bitterness? Guess what will happen? More bitterness will come. If I respond to it with gratitude and I respond to it with thankfulness and I say, you know what, I, God's got something in this and I'm just going to be thankful for it even though I don't understand it, even though I don't get it. And all of a sudden my response becomes something totally different and he starts to work in it. And what happens is this, bitterness I've noticed starts to harden my heart and starts to make me cold. When I allow bitterness to come into my relationships and into my marriage, what happens is that I become to get cold towards my wife. I get cold towards my children. I get toward, cold towards those, and that bitterness comes in, and I lose all sense of what it means to be grateful. And all of a sudden, my attitude changes towards them, too, where I'm, I'm less loving, and I'm less caring, and I'm not the dad or the husband that I want to be or the pastor that I want to be because I'm letting bitterness about something, a decision, about a response, whatever it is, come up and have control over my life. And so my first question for today is this, is what are you allowing to have control over your life? What is it? See, in Colossians 3.15, it says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were indeed called in one body and be, be thankful. Let that be who you are, somebody that's thankful. Here's what, and let's go, let's go to this because I think this is where it starts. It talks about the peace of Christ. Ruling our hearts, what does that mean? Because I think we have a totally misconception or misbelief about what the peace of Christ is. Here's what the peace of Christ is not. It is not an end to tension in our life. See, a lot of times we think the peace of Christ removes tension from our life. It does not. Matter of fact, Scripture says in our time we will have what? Tribulation. Hey, when you have tribulation, is tension there? Hey, when you have uh, um, relationships, is there tension there? Yes. See, it's not an end to tension. It's not an absence of warfare. Um, it's not about being uh, domestic tranquility. Um, it has nothing to do with what's going on here on earth. See, that, 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 the thing we talk about and we hear, well, we need to fight for peace and we need to have peace and we need to have this. See, that there's a misconception there. See, it's not starting at the root of where it begins because the peace of Christ is this. You ready? The peace of Christ is the fact that he came, he lived, he died, he rose again, and because of what he did, we can now be reconciled to God. Now, I want you to think about this. The moment, if you've given your life to Christ and, and you're a follower of Jesus, the moment you made that decision to follow him, something set in you that moment. Because you're reconciled to a creator that loved you. You're reconciled to a God that sent his son. You were made right with him. That is the peace of Christ. That is what he came to do. And see, what happens is, is we stop being grateful for that. We stop being thankful for that reconciliation, and we start, here's what happens, you ready? We, get, we, we, we start following Jesus, then we put expectations on God. 
God, you're going to find me the right person to do life with, right? God, you're going to give me the right job. God, you're going to fix this. God, you're going to fix that. God, I'm praying to you. Why aren't you fixing this? God, why aren't you fixing my spouse? Why aren't you fixing my kids? Why aren't you doing this? And we keep praying all these. And so we throw these expectations on him. And so what happens is, is we lose sight of the fact that let the peace of Christ, let what he did rule, rule in my heart. Guess what? The, the only thing I should, I should sit, there and be, sit there and say is, Thank you, God, that you have saved my life. And everything else is pure gravy. But we get, we get lost in this mindset of all this other stuff. Of wanting more and wanting more. And we get caught in all this stuff rather than thank you, God, that you saved me. And when we lose sight of this, and guys, I get it, and, I, and it happens to me. I lose sight because there's things that I want. I, I want a car that doesn't vibrate when I'm going down the highway. I want, you know, there's certain, I want, uh, the, the, right now, you know, one of the things that I want is this. I want a gas stove because two burners on our stove are out. And so I want a gas stove because why? I want to be able to cook on a gas stovetop because I hear it's amazing. And so, but there, right? And so here's what happens is this. I start getting bent on these other things rather than thank you, God, that you saved me. And we get caught up in this and we start losing sight of it. That it was just, it was his design that we be reconciled to him. And when that peace, ready for that? When that peace rules in our heart, something does what? Overflows. It overflows. And when it, when it overflows, then all of a sudden we can be thankful. But when I remove that peace from me, when I lose sight of that peace, of letting his peace, of peace of Christ rule in my heart, I lose sight of what he has for me. Do you know that when we are thankful... It changed, and we allow that peace, that, that peace to control us, that peace to have control on our lives, and we are thankful that it changes our whole continents. We start to smile. Do you know that even a half smile can change somebody's life? Do you know who it has the most effect on? Yourself. You ever find yourself in a bad mood? Bad mood? Just crack a half smile. Do y'all know what a half smile is? <laughs> it's this. Something, see, here's what's the, God designed our bodies in a certain way. I learned, this is awesome. God designed our bodies in a certain way that we can trick our mind into believing something that's not even real. I can half smile. I could be in the most tense, tense argument of my life, and if I half smile, my anxiety drops. It's amazing. Next time you find yourself ticked off, just half smile. And the person you're ticked off and across from is going to look at you like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but it's not about them. It's about who? Our response. It's about how we are letting his peace come out of us. So whether we feel like smiling or not, whether we feel like being thankful or not, be thankful. 
Let that have control of your life. And here's what I know, here's what I know to be true. John 14, 27 says this. It says, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, but not, but not let your hearts be, do not, excuse me, do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. See, he brings this different peace. What's that peace he gave to us? The reconciliation with his father. That's the peace that we can hold on to. That's the peace we can go back to. That's the peace that sits in here and we allow that and just be thankful for it every day. Be grateful for it every day. Allow that to come and allow that to have control of our lives and watch what happens. See, what happens is, is when we start to have our peace in that rather than outside circumstances, when we start to have peace in, a, in our God and our relationship with our God, what happens is this, is that not only is my relationship with God what it needs to be, but all of a sudden my identity becomes in my relationship with God. So it changes who I am and it changes the way I see myself because it's in his, that relationship. But that, he also says this, that he says that one of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Peace. Which means that when my identity is in him and when I'm rested in him and my peace is in him, guess what? Then I show that peace to somebody else and all of a sudden my relationship with other people become reconciled. But it doesn't start unless it's peace is found in him. And so what has control over your life today? So the next one is this, is what are you allowing to come out of you? This is this, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. See, let the word of Christ. See, we have the, the, the wonderful privilege of having God's word written out for us. We can go back and we can read what, God, what, the, what Jesus spoke while he, here on earth. And even if we would just listen to two things that he said um, time and time again, the two things that he said were most important, to love who? God. And to love others. If we would simply just listen to those two words and let, let that dwell within us, let that have the most power in our lives, if we would simply just hold on to those two pieces, think of how much our world would change. Think of how much our families would change. Think of how much so many things in our lives would be different if we would simply allow the peace of Christ, let the peace of Christ rest in us, rule our hearts, that love with the Father, that relationship with the Father, if we would simply just do that, and I would love him with everything, and then I would also let those words, which means I need to love him, but also need to love others, there's something amazing that happens. The one passage that I love, and the, the, one of the passages that I love, and I always go back to, is people will know who you belong to by the way you, you gotta say it louder, love one another. People will know who you belong to by the way you love one another. I can only truly love people by, because I let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. When that becomes what's there, it overflows into something amazing. So what are we allowing to come out of you? 
Are we allowing uh, his word to dwell in us so that we can teach, so that we can admonish, so that we can sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness? Again, this attitude of gratefulness, this attitude of thankfulness, of being grateful for what he did, it comes, it comes out of us and it's, and it's coming out of our hearts. It's not a fake thing. It's not anything that it does not exist except it just comes from him and it overflows out of us. And so what are we allowing? to come out of us because we are allowing something to come out of us. And here's the thing that's what are we, is it bitterness that's coming out of us? Is it this, this hatefulness that's coming out of us? Is, is it sarcasm that's coming out of us? Is it this, this piece that we want to put people down or that we want to keep people down or we want to, you know, try to define them or try to control them? Is that what's coming out of us? Or is this love of Christ coming out of us, just flowing because it's the peace of Christ that lets is ruling in my life? And I'm so thankful that, for that, that the bitterness that once was there is driven out and replaced with gratitude. And that gratitude starts coming out, starts seeing people different. I start loving people different. I start, I start prioritizing my time. I start being intentional with what I do. I start realizing that if I spend a little bit of time with people loving them, I start speaking a little truth into them, I start sharing the words of Christ that mean so much to me. One of my favorite things that we've started doing in our group, and if you're not a part of a group, you've got to get a part of a group. But one of the things in our group that one of the guys said, Chad, I've always started reading scripture, but a couple months into it, I, I stop. And I said, fine, I said, pick a Bible, pick a chapter, let's read it together. I said, no pressure. I said, when God hits you with something, send a text over to me. So we start reading it together. He goes, Chad, but you're reading so much, I don't want to add more to your plate. I said, don't worry about it. I said, I can always read more. There's always, uh, I love God's word. You got to dive into it. You start making notes. It's great. So we started reading together, and it was interesting because here's what happens is, it was funny. I said, hey, where are you at? He goes, well, I'm in chapter um, chapter." 17 of Luke. I said, okay, I'm only in chapter 7. And then he goes, well, what's taking you so long? And I said, I don't know. I'm just taking my time, right? And so the thing in all this is it's okay. But what's amazing about it is we can sit there and let God's word transform our lives together. And then we shoot texts back and forth. Not every day, not all the time, but maybe once a week I'll say, hey, I, I read this today and it was amazing. And then we're at, a, we're at a gathering the other day and one of the guys was sitting around and we were like, hey, dude, won't you join us for this year? And so you start bringing people into it, and here's what happens is we let the word of Christ dwell in us, because then we can go back and we can say, here's what it says. We can go back and we can stand on it and say, here how it's changed my life. And it's amazing what happens when we let his word and what he said and what he did start to transform us, and we start actually taking what his word said to be real and said, you know what? There's a certain way he's asked us to live, a certain way he's asked us to live out our faith. And maybe he's got the right way of living. The suicide rate in in the United States is off the charts. Whether it be attempt or self-harm, it's just, it's ridiculous. The suicide rate in people who struggle with their identity is flat out more than any other population. Why is that? When we struggle with how God designed us, there will be chaos in our lives. And we can look and blame everybody else for that issue and blame everybody else for how we feel 
but when we struggle with how God designed us and we struggle with our creator, it will manifest itself in a harmful way. And people continue in our society, ready? People continue in our society to struggle with this. They continue to allow what a feeling is to dictate their life rather than a creator that loves them. Now our job is not to condemn them. I want you to hear me on this. Our job is not to condemn them. Our job is to love them. Our job is to be a light in their lives. Our job is to build a relationship with them in their brokenness and be a light where no one else will be a light. And that's not only in the, in the, the, the certain groups in our community, but that is everyone in our community that is broken. When people struggle with their identity and how God designed them, there will be chaos because they're not living in the place that God wants them. And it will manifest itself in every relationship. And the piece that's so interesting in all of this is it's because of what comes out of us. What are we allowing to come out of us? Hate or love? What are we allowing to come out of us? Truth or these, these, these things that we believe our own reality or our own what's real? See, there's only one truth. There's only one piece that's true. And are we allowing that to identify us and who we are? Or are we allowing something else to identify us? And based off of how we answer that question, I promise you that will be what comes out of us. So what are we allowing to come out of us? 1 Thessalonians 1.8 says this, For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone forth so that we have no need to say anything. Paul was writing to a group of people that says, listen, your faith and what you lived out has gone forth and the word of it has spread. And here's my question today, or my prayer for us today, is that our faith and the way we live out our faith today will come out in this community and it'll ripple over and over and over again. That where we work or where we, where we live or wherever we are settled, that our faith would ripple out of us that the light of Jesus would keep coming and what would come out of us is this faith that, that our Father can look on and smile. And that is my prayer for us. The second thing is, what are we allowing to be our source of, or the third thing is, what are we allowing to be our source of motivation? I've let a lot of things motivate me in life. A lot of times, the sad part is, I've noticed this in my life, that the things that motivate me, I allow a lot of negative stuff to motivate me. Anybody else like that? Like, don't tell me I can't do something. Because I can guarantee you, I'm going to try it. Like if you tell me, see, it comes back to whether I want to ask for permission or forgiveness. I've been told a lot of things in my life, and a lot of times that's what usually motivates me to do stuff. And that, it's just, it's what it is. But what I found is this, is that my, the way I live out, the way I respond to things... It's totally different based on what I allow to motivate me. And here's what I mean. Colossians 3, 17 says this. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks through him to God the Father. I'll read it again. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Are we allowing our motivation to be that we have a God that loves us? Are we allowing our motivation to be our Father? Are we allowing our motivation to be Christ's love for us? Are we allowing our motivation, what motivates us to go further, what motivates us to do something, what motivates us to reach out, what motivates us to make a phone call, what motivates us to take a step of faith, what motivates us to, to, to do something out of our comfort zone? Are we allowing the love of a father, of our father, of our creator to motivate us or are we too busy stuck over here allowing every negative thing that happened in life and allowing everything, every negative thing that someone said about me to motivate me to be the person I am. Here's what I promise you. If you don't learn to let the love of Christ motivate you, you will burn out. You will burn out. You'll get to a point where you'll say, what's the point of all this? Because if my point is just to prove people wrong, is if my point in doing stuff is just to prove what everyone said negative about me, so I'll show you and I'll prove you wrong, I'll eventually want to give up. It's not sustainable. But if I learn to allow God and his love and his peace to motivate me and that I'm doing everything for him, you know what happens? You'll find yourself with a supernatural energy that allows you to go when normally you'll be exhausted. That allows you to continue to meet people where they're at and hear stories even though your, fry, your brain seems, should be fried. It is amazing what happens when you allow his love and that peace in your life, that letting Christ's peace dwell in you, rule your life. When you allow that peace to be real, it's amazing what happens when that's your motivation for whatever you do, you'll do in the name of Jesus and because of him. So here, what are you allowing to motivate you? What is it? Is it because you have a Savior that gave his life for you? Is it because you had a God that said, I want to be reconciled to my children, so I'm going to give my son, and he's going to die, and he's going to give his life, and he's going to rise again, and his blood is going to start a new covenant, a new relationship, a new opportunity that was never done before, but this is new, and it's going to be amazing, and I'm going to, this is going to be my motivation, that the love of a father is going to start motivating me to do what I do. When that becomes our motivation, watch what God does. Watch what he does in a relationship. Watch what he does in a response to people. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says this. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Again, what is your source of motivation? What are you allowing it to be? It is, it's something. If you're getting out of bed every day, you're motivated to do something. Even if it's simply to get out of bed and go to, the, go to the couch and sit. You're motivated by something. Maybe it's to watch that TV show, Today Show, right? And you want to listen to whatever junk they have to say, right? You're motivated by something. So what are you going to allow you to motivate you? Is it more money? If I get up and I go to work, I'll make more money so I can buy more things and so I can have more things i got to fix so that I can all the right? If that becomes your motivation, it's still a motivation. But here's what, what happens to this. What if we just switch it a little bit? What if I say tomorrow when I get up or even after I leave this, I'm going to go and I'm, my, my source of motivation is going to be Jesus Christ in my life. 
And everything I do, I'm going, to bring, I'm going to try to bring glory to him. What happens to that is I get up and I start looking at what can I do today that's going to bring him glory. So I can go and I can sit in and I can do my job and do the best job possible because it brings him glory. I can go and I can smile at my kids when they walk out and they're obnoxious and I can still do it because it brings him glory, not because it helps me feel better. And what if happens is this, if I'm going to love my wife or my spouse more today because I want to bring God's glory, what will happen in my marriage? What will happen with my relationship with my kids? What happens when we start living this out and this becomes our source of motivation is, is that we have a God that loves us and that my goal today is to bring him glory? What if that's it? What if I stop worrying about all this other stuff and I go and I do my job because it brings God's glory? Guess what happens? You'll become more productive. You'll get more done because you're tired or you won't be tired and exhausted by all this other stuff because your main source is how am I going to bring him glory today? What allows you or what is your source of motivation. In closing, it's this. In these three, three simple verses that we read, there's something that, that, that stands out in all of it. In 15, it says, be thankful. In 16, it says, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In 17, it says, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Do you think that God has something to say about being grateful? Three simple verses. And he uses the word thankful, thankfulness, and giving thanks in those three pieces. And a passage that talks about putting on a new self. And a passage that talks about this new self we're to have. In it, three verses, three times mentioned, be thankful, sing with thankfulness in your hearts, and giving thanks. What if it looked like in 2019 we took on an attitude of gratitude and chose to be thankful? That when we walk into our homes, we're thankful that we have a roof over our head. When we turn the key in our car and it starts, we're thankful. When we turn our key in our car and it doesn't start, we're thankful anyway. When we, when we, um, when we see our kids in the morning, we're thankful. When we, when we encounter something, we're thankful. When we're, whatever it is, thankful. Thankful, and we choose to be thankful. God, I don't understand it, but I'm gonna be thankful. And it becomes our choice. Ephesians 5.20 says this, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. What does it look like for us just to live with an attitude of gratitude? In the past two years, I have more things to be thankful for for anything. You want to know why? It's because I started to pay attention to God moving in my life. I started grabbing hold of things that he's done. And I start recording, I start looking at it, but I started taking time to look at it. What does that look like in your life? One of our practices, we used to do this, and we're going to get back into it. And I, Joshie reminded me of it this week. Joshy goes, Daddy, can I pray today? I said, yeah, buddy, you can pray, absolutely. We're sitting at the dinner table. And the first three things out of his mouth was, thank you, God, for our food. Thank you, God, for everything that you do for us. And thank you again, God, for everything you do for us. <laughs> he does a lot. 
What if we ended our day with thank you, God? What if we started our day with thank you, God? What if that became our attitude? I promise you 2019 will look a lot different. And I promise you Light Point Church will look a lot different. So let's give thanks for what he's done. And we can respond in a couple ways. The one first way we can respond is the communion tables are open. You can respond by just going and remember what he did and be thankful for it. For his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and his blood that was shed that allows us to be reconciled to the Father. We can be thankful by just giving back. Uh, By just giving back a portion of what he's given to us, we can be thankful and grateful for that and, and, and giving back in that way. We can be grateful and thankful by just standing and singing as the the worship team leads us in this last song. You can also be thankful by going over and allowing the prayer team to pray with you. Maybe you got a praise you want to give. Maybe you have something on your heart that you want to be thankful for, but you just can't get there yet. So come over and be prayed for. One last thing. Do you deal with bitterness at all? Ever let bitterness have control over you? If you don't listen to anything I say tonight, just today, just listen to me real quick. Does bitterness have something going on in you? Like, is there a hint of it? Are you bitter towards somebody? Bitter towards what they said, what they did, how they reacted, what they didn't do, or whatever? Replace it with being thankful for them. It's the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do, but capture three things, ready? Capture three things about their life that you can be thankful for. Guys, that it can even be the negative thing they spoke into you. That's not true, but that negative thing helped mold you into who you wanted to be. Guys, it, it, it can come out good. One of the things that we struggle with so much in our lives is this bitterness piece. We do, we, 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 let, it, we let it control us, we let it deal with us, but listen, listen real quick doesn't deserve it doesn't need to be there anymore like it's not doing you any good like, and we can use the excuse well well this is just how I want to be today no 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 stop be thankful be grateful don't allow that bitterness to control you but allow an attitude of gratitude to control you and to drive you and to motivate you. It will change your life. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for what you want to do in our world. Thank you for the goodness of a father. And Lord, as we give you praise and as we give you thanks for everything that has happened the past two years here at Light Point, Lord, the families that have been changed, the marriages that have found healing, Lord, the, the people that have come to know you, Lord, the people that have given their life to you, the people that have been touched by a dinner, by a Christmas gifts, by a skating party, but whatever it is, Lord, that, that there's something that you're doing that you're, that's, that's coming in, and that, Lord, it, it's, it's amazing to happen, see what happens, Lord, and I just... Thank you for that. But more importantly, God, thank you for being the God, the creator, the one that loves us. 
Lord, regardless of all the things that you've done, Lord, if it all falls away, Lord, you are still God. You are still the creator. You're still the one that loves us. You are still good. And Lord, thank you for being that good father. Thank you. Thank you for living in us. Thank you for for being the one that wants to change our lives and be reconciled to you. Help us to be thankful. Help us to make that choice to be thankful. And Lord, as we respond to what you're saying and what you've done and all this, Lord, may we respond with thankfulness. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.